Welcome everybody to the Popcorn Podcast Season 3, Verse 2, how are we saying this? Version 2, um, my name is Chase, I'm here with my co-hosts Dan and Frankie, and first off, Frankie and I, we have to wish someone a happy birthday today. So Dan, happy birthday, big 26 today. Feliz cumpleaños. Mm. Thank you, thank you. What'd you end up doing today? Today, I, I had a pretty great birthday. My parents, my dad and my sister woke me up, which has like been a tra- family tradition. They wake you up singing. So they woke me up at like 5 a.m., which, I, it, like, interestingly enough, I was having such a rough sleep that I was kind of like waiting for them to get there because eventually I like rolled over and saw that it was like 4.40. And I was like, I'm just going to wait till they, they're they about to come in here. And so I just kind of like laid there because I knew they were about to walk in. And then they came, sang to me. And then I was just up after that point because I just couldn't <laughs> go back to sleep. So I like made myself some breakfast. Got really, really stoned, played some video games, and then around 10 a.m., 11 a.m., I went and finalized my car purchase finally, so I finally am having a car again. Well, Hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed, I got it off Carvana, and it should be here on Tuesday morning, but I'm still kind of, like, superstitious, so I'm still like, maybe it's not gonna happen. Even though I paid for everything and, like, signed all the contracts and everything went through, like, I'm still like, is it gonna show up? So, you know, fingers crossed it actually shows up. Um... I went on a. I was gonna go on a hike with a friend, but then when they picked me up, we ended up just going to get food. So the opposite of the exercise. And That's then, okay. and then I went home. My dad cooked me this amazing dinner. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was on my Instagram story. If you want to check it out, it was this like incredible mussel, shrimp, scallop, lobster meat dish, like in this. Uh, tiki masala kind of like r- white wine sauce over a bed of white rice with like potatoes and just this delicious meal that I have I've actually asked him to make me now for like three years in a row it's like the same <laughs> meal every time uh, and then we watched the Lord of the Rings the Fellowship of the Ring because I get to pick whatever movie I want today and my parent my dad and my sister had to sit through it and so we nice. watched that entire movie and then uh, here I am nice dude that's like that's a good birthday you got a lot of stuff done in one day and you've all, you've been up for what 15 hours you've done yeah, all, I've been up all a day three hour film. I took advantage of the day i was playing video games for like an hour and a half but then i eventually turned it off because i was like you know what i don't want to play video games today i'm like it's my birthday i need to do something a little bit more exciting than just playing lego star wars <laughs> that's cool wait i got so two things what happened to your old car and what's the new car you're getting i i didn't hear you what you said Oh man, I guess I never told you the story. No. So, I haven't told you either, Frankie? No. Yes, I have. You sure? Yeah, so I was in a car accident in December where this person rear-ended me and like crashed right oh, into me. Oh, yeah. Shit. And so my car was totaled. Um, without getting into too much detail, my dad took out like a finance loan a couple years ago. So basically all the money that I got back for my car from the insurance company went directly to pay back his finance loan. So I didn't get any money back from my car basically, uh, which he does feel responsible for and told me that when I found a car, he would pay the first 20 months of car payments in like restitution. That's very nice. The whole pickup was finding a car. I'm like, oh, well that sounds great, but I don't have a car. So until I get a car, you ain't doing shit. Um, and so it's been a while, but then finally I got a great tax return. I got medical reimbursement from the insurance company as well as lost wages. Cause I was out of work for two weeks. Cause I was like hurt. Um, 
<laughs> and so I got some money back for that. And then so last night I was just sitting with my dad. I'm like, when should we go look for a car? Because my Civitan job's coming up, which is Monday through Friday, 15 hour days. And so that was really like, I was stressing to my dad, by the end of May, I need a car because I need, or I don't have a job. I have to be able to go there Monday through Friday, 15 hours a day. Like, and I can't be, you know, taking my sister's car because it doesn't, it's not that kind of car. It's not going to make it, you know, 40 miles every day there and back. And so he was very like understanding, like, yeah, we need to get you a car. I'm very aware. So last night I sat him down. I was like, when are we going to go look at this situation? He's like, dude, just go online right now. Like, just go online and see what you can find. So I just sat for like two hours, like looking at different websites and cars and all these things. Eventually landed on Carvana, found my, you guys are going to trip, my exact car, same year, same model, same make, slightly different color, uh, with 40,000 miles on it. Mine, when I got hit, was about to hit 100. So I'm gaining 70,000 miles back, uh, basically on my same car. Um, And so when I I showed him, the way Carvana works, I didn't even realize that like, you don't even have to put money down. So I've been saving all this money, not necessarily aware that I could have just done this months ago. Um, But luckily because I had money to put down, now my car payment's very reasonable. and my interest rate's not the best. It's at, I believe, 14%. But in a year, refinance it. You know, just got to make my payments on time. Right. Type just of pay thing. it back quick. Yeah, pay yeah. it back quick. And my, the thing with my car payment, too, is my dad's paying it. And so in my mind, I'm like, if I really wanted, I could also add to that every month my own money and just you know, cut down those months of like how right. long it's going to eventually take me. So long story short, I got it all figured out last night. This morning, woke up, got it all finalized, signed like a 15 page contract. It was very legit. You know, the way it's all structured on Carvana made me feel good because it was very like a legit type of feeling. And my dad was reading through everything and he was like, yeah, this is this is how it looks like. This is what yeah, a car right. this is what a car payment looks like. This is what a car agreement looks like. And because of COVID, they apparently drop it off uh Mm -hmm. contactless which i'm like how do you even get the key like how do you get is there not like a welcome package so i'm very curious to see how this all happens on tuesday i'm gonna make sure there's contact like i'm I'm, i know it says it can be contactless but i'm gonna be standing up in my driveway waiting uh, for that to get there um Imagine you wake up. There's just a brand new car in your driveway and you with a big ass ribbon on it. Like it's. Christmas I'm like, how does Carvana work? Like it's it's interesting. I don't know. Um, so, but you know. so Rachel actually, she just sold her car like three months ago to Carvana. It's super freaking cool. You just basically tell them like the issues with your car. You know all the crap miles, and they just came like the next day. They they towed her car away, and like a day later, she has whatever they gave her for it in her bank account. It was like super simple and super easy. Like it's. Yeah, it was very simple, which I enjoyed because it just made me feel good about the process. Like, yeah, you know how sometimes if it's more complicated, you're like, okay, fuck it. I don't want to buy this. You know what I mean? Like you can talk yourself out of it. It was so simple that I was just like each page. I was just like so much more down to buy it. And (laughs) um, what's interesting is after you pick your car, you go through everything, you get approved, you get your rates, all that kind of stuff. They still have to fully make sure it is available and so Mm. during that time they say while we're making sure it's available make sure that you contact your car insurance and you add and you need to prove to us that you've added this car to your insurance or other option you can sign up for 
car insurance through Carvana. And so I like went through that process just to just see what it was like. And I'm say I, I, I did it that way. Now my insurance is through Carvana. It's not Carvana insurance. It's like an insurer company partner yeah, with Carvana. Yeah. Um, but I'm saving like $70 a month now because I was paying $250 for car insurance. Now I'm going to be paying like 140 uh, which is really, and my dad's very happy about that too, because his rates are going to go down now because I had a lot of accidents that was making his oh. insurance not so good. Um, you were so, paying yeah, 250 for car insurance? Yeah. That Dude, that's point. three times as much as I pay a month. Holy shit. I, yeah, I was paying a lot of car insurance and mine's like 100 a month. I was paying 120 and then I switched over to State Farm. I pay like 70 bucks now. It's wild how cheap it is. You yeah, I have there. a beater fucking car. I have an ugly ass beater car. My car just doesn't care if it doesn't get kids. That's old. true. Yeah, mine's goes. newer, so I, yeah. But when I purchased awesome. the car, I was under the impression that it was sixty thousand miles. And then today, mm -hmm. when I was finalizing everything, I realized it was forty. So I called my dad. I was like, "Oh my god, dad! Like I'm basically getting a fairly new version of this car. Only forty thousand miles. Like that's that's like what a year." two years that four someone years, has driven yeah. it yeah it depends on how far you're driving yeah yeah what did oh, you say yeah. give me the carfax you're the carfax yeah and well they give it to you they show you everything about the car they show you all the different things <laughs> and the great thing is it's for an extra 25 dollars a month on my car payment i have now three years warranty with carvana so like uh i have all these different things if there's accidents or breakings or electrical issues i get five free oil changes i get six free tire rotations so like that's i'm nice hoping story. that it's all just exactly what it says it is yeah yeah it should be that's how that's how my toyota lease is as well so you'll be good i don't know about you but i fucking love looking for cars online and like shopping through them and like that process i think is so fun looking through all these different cars and like seeing i don't know i just like looking at cars i can't I, that process, I love going on any website, like looking at a car I want, designing and building it. Yeah, same. Think, yeah, I want this car. But then you go to the dealership and you have to talk to a car salesman and you're like, fuck, I hate this. I don't want to do this ever again. And like, that's why like, I never want to buy a car because I have to deal with a car person. So if I could just use Carvana every time and not have to deal with a salesman, that would be so nice. I that was the biggest problem for me because I hate salesmen. Well, it's ca car salesmen are so pushy too, and yeah. especially when you get to the financials and you don't want to like get all the crap that they're trying to put on you, and they get all pissed. You're like, "Are you serious? You don't want this?" Like they make you feel like an idiot. It's like, "Screw you, man!" So it happens yeah. every time I get a car. And the other issue with car dealerships is I don't know if all of them do it anymore. I feel like the business is changing, but the fact that they run your credit through like a million different lenders and just mm -hmm. tank your credit score. <laughs> yeah, they do. It drops like forty points every time. Yeah. So it's, it really, it, yeah. As a salesman, and just in the sales industry as a general, car sales make it harder for everybody else mm -hmm. because of how bad it is. Oh yeah. Well, that was fun. Dan, again, happy birthday. Nothing's, nothing's going on for me really. I, well, actually we just got a wedding venue, so we're booked now. Did you? Uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Good. Yeah. So we'll see so you guys will get some save to date soon and then, uh, Send in the actual invites. All right, and now we're into the news portion of the episode. First thing first, the new She-Hulk trailer was released today. What did you guys think about that one? She-Hulk Attorney of Law or Attorney at Law? Something, something. 
It had a weird Either name. One of those. One of those. Yeah. I th- it looked fun. I you know I most Marvel shows I'm not really excited for, uh, but it except all silly. of them end up being like amazing and you love them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, attorney at law, but it look it looks funny. I thought it looked funny as well. I also thought it was like gonna be an enjoyable show. It looked it gave me the same type of energy that like Hawkeye gives which was a very like lighthearted family friendly funny show um maybe not as like heavy as maybe Moon Knight or uh Loki was but um the one thing I would say that was a little jarring throughout the trailer was just how poor I felt the CGI looked even tonight I was my family and I watched that trailer and then immediately after because it was my birthday my choice we watched the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, and I turned to my sister. I'm like, "This movie has better CGI than what we saw in that trailer." And my family was like, "Yeah, completely agree. Like, completely agree." She, I don't think she looks good at all. Um, I wonder if you know it's still months away, so maybe they'll try to clean it up and fix it up. They still have months to work on that. Um, mm-hmm. but that was my it's biggest just- immediate reaction. That's I thought the exact same thing. I did think it was it looks like it's going to be a funny show and very lighthearted. It kind of gave me the vibe of like Captain or Falcon and Winter Soldier, except that show kind of turned out to be pretty, um, pretty. But the trailer for it seemed like it was going to be just you know not important or anything. That's kind of how this trailer feels. But that's and I'm sure it's going to be deep because I feel like all Marvel projects these days are just they always have something right a deeper meaning. But I thought the same thing. I thought the CGI looked like crap, and it's but which makes me wonder like. Why can't you, you say you could fix the CGI, but why would you even put the trailer out if you know people are going to criticize the CGI and that, especially when you have such a big brand as Marvel? Yeah, I yeah. definitely get that point. I definitely get that point. I didn't really care too much about the CGI, but I'm also, I've never thought Marvel CGI is very impressive. Uh, there's a lot of projects in Phase 4 that have had poor CGI. Black Widow comes to mind that had really mm-hmm. egregiously bad CGI. Um, but I thought it looked funny. It doesn't look like it's going to be that serious. It, it, it looks like a fun show and I hope that's what it is because not every single Marvel show needs to be this deep masterpiece in order for me to enjoy it. Just think how Boba Fett wasn't this super deep masterpiece. It was serious, but it was also funny and it was just entertaining. I don't need. Yeah. I still think think I'll enjoy it for sure. I think the biggest reason why it like caught me off guard is because like you brought up black widow, that movie did have bad CGI, but I do think there's a difference between like a poorly executed explosion as opposed to like a full length character that's walking around a room that you're following the entire time. Like I don't think black widow had that level of CGI. You know what I mean? Like most of the people in black widow were real humans and yeah. so I feel like that's the only reason why it was so jarring was because it's like, well, this is the main character that we're going to be following around the entire show, and it looks not good. <laughs> right. I thought we'll talk. We'll talk about. I think I, the reason I really noticed is we'll talk about in the Doctor Strange review. But I also thought there was some really bad CGI in that movie as well. Um, so I think I'm just starting to notice it more with Marvel projects. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. All right, next bit of news. We finally have the House of the Dragon official trailer that was just released the other day. Uh, Previously, we had talked about the teaser when it was only about 50 seconds, so we got about another minute of uh, Game of Thrones, and I think 
we all are on the same page that I think we're excited now for this. I know Dan and I were excited and Frankie were kind of skeptical, but like, I think you've turned the page a little with us and you're stoked to have Game of Thrones back in your life. Yeah, I'll follow up. I, it looks good. Uh, it looks just like Game of Thrones. All, a lot of the main cast members, the Targaryens, look vaguely familiar. I know one of them's the old Doctor from Doctor Who. Yeah, he's uh, also in The Crown. Remember that show? Yeah, he is in The Crown. Yes, he is. He's uh, Charles, right? Or yeah, He plays Prince, Prince Charles. Yeah. Oh, no. No. Charles is... I don't know. He plays one of them. He, Elizabeth's wife. Husband. Husband. Elizabeth's husband. <laughs> Never mind. Someone. Uh... I thought it looked really good. I'm cautiously optimistic just because I feel like a battered wife when it comes to Game of Thrones on just like we got beat so fucking hard with how it ended. Uh, so I'm, I'm just, I am a willing to give it a shot and I hope it's as good as it can be. Uh, not as good as I expect it to be. If that makes well, sense. The reason why I have a little bit more faith is because in reality um the reality of it was the creators of game of thrones those two specific guys had never worked prior to the show that was their big break and their big break happened to be a multi-million dollar hbo drama series so um, I do believe that, like, it, it was an. Was, I feel like it was almost inevitable that once the source material got surpassed, they were going to start to fumble a little bit. The reason I feel so passionate or so strongly that it's going to be good is because I feel like the people involved in this are very passionate about Game of Thrones, and not only are they extremely passionate about the source material, but they are all very experienced people in the entertainment industry. Miguel Sapochnik being the director, he is a 50-year-plus director who has directed not only some of the greatest episodes in Game of Thrones, but some of the greatest episodes in Breaking Bad, some of the greatest episodes in The Walking Dead, some of the greatest episodes in Westworld. He's a you know very famous director. So, And then, of course, Raman Jawadi, the composer for Game of Thrones, being a part of this show just makes me confirm that the soundtrack's going to be incredible. Uh, the sets look amazing. The costumes, the it all just looks. You want to talk about good CGI? Those dragons that looked, looked great. Incredible. They looked. Marvel needs to take a book out of HBO's like whatever uh, program they use, whatever software they're using for their CGI. That's what Marvel needs to be using because those they dragons look incredible. They do. And to add to that, um, two other things about that is, like you said, source material. One. George R.R. R. Martin is helping with the show. So, I mean, he did not yeah. help at the end of Game of Thrones, which really threw it off. And two, because of Game of Thrones, there was nothing written for that rest of the series. So that's where they really fumbled the bag, Dan and Dave did. While compared to this, this book, everything that's going to happen in this book, it's already written. It's written. It's all in, written. It's, done. it's all exactly. written here. And if, like, this nice history book I have here, shit like that is already in it as well. So you know what's going to happen if you just read a little. So they can't fumble the bag like they did with right. the end of the show. And that gives me a lot more hope to it that this will be an excellent show exactly you make a good point is that there is an end goal and the end goal is known mm -hmm. i feel like those are two key factors is not only is there an end goal because some shows will just go on and it's almost like do they even know what they want anymore and but not only is there an end goal but it's a known end goal so it's yes. like nothing's really like up in the air and i think that that's why it's going to be a really great show and i'm very excited 
Uh, speaking of that, let's get on to the next. Uh, looks like Westworld season four te- teaser came out. What's going on with that? It looks incredible. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I there's I don't care that people don't like Westworld as much. It just holds such a fucking special place in my heart. Like it's it's a lot. And those of you who've been following the podcast for a while know that back in the day, four years ago now. Dan and I did a short little podcast that was called Weed World on my Twitch channel <laughs> every Sunday, and we would do it immediately after the show, and we made a point to get as high as we could at the time, like not like crazy, but try and decipher it. And that show that we held was the only reason I could understand season two of Westworld when it came out. <laughs> I think that's why I'm so excited for this show to come back. First of all, I do want to say, I don't think it's a fair statement to say that people don't like it as much. I think people that haven't seen it quickly want to be like, it doesn't look like Game of Thrones. And if you go into it trying to compare it to Game of Thrones, no, it's it's not that type of show at all. But I think it's still one of the greatest television shows on television. Like, it's... Yeah. So incredible. It's got a multi-million dollar budget. What could go wrong, right? And this this trailer just looks so good. Ariana DeBose is making her debut in this season. Oscar winner Ariana DeBose. I'm so excited to see her in this show. Um, you know, we got, I forget his name in real life, but... Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul, yes. Aaron Paul from last season. He's in this season. I'm so happy he's still here. Yes. All the main cast. We got Maeve. We got Evan Rachel Wood. We've got Bernard. So happy about it. I'm most excited to see Bernard's plot develop uh, mm-hmm. this season because it was such a big cliffhanger with season three with his his story. And I I think there's only five seasons planned, so we're getting towards we're, that. We're end. in the penultimate season. Yes. So it, there's been there's so many fucking questions. Sorry for the language that have been unanswered that are all leading towards a singular point, and we don't know what that is. And I can't wait to find out. Because it's all going somewhere. You brought up a great point. This show is so fun because this show is one of those shows where everything is dissectable. Everything is an Easter egg. Everything is foreshadowy. And you you can sit and dissect every second of those episodes and come up with theories. And you can be really right, like we were with some of them, or you can be really wrong. Um, I feel like the only Marvel show that I can think of that was that way was WandaVision where like every week you were on the edge of your seat. Like what is going to happen next? I feel like it's very rare that shows are so dissectable like that, where you can pick apart like every single scene and like really pull that much away from it. And Westworld still sits at another level. Cause I don't think there's any, like with Marvel properties, they can be deep like that. But usually it's not difficult to find out where it's going. I don't know if anybody knows where the fuck Westworld is going because we have gotten so much foreshadowing for the future, but all of those scenes are like decades in the future and there's no context behind them. And it's just, I couldn't even try thinking too far forward, no matter how, like, no matter how hard I tried. And I love that because especially with Marvel properties, I can figure out what's going to happen very easily. And I don't, I hate that I do that because it spoils it a little and I still love it, but it ruins as much. It it sours it. Mm -hmm. And I can't do that with Westworld. Right. Westworld's the only show where you could go watch a breakdown video and it doesn't Mm -hmm. really help you at all. 
Nope. <laughs> it doesn't really That's help funny. at all. It does nothing for you. Um, yeah, I'm so excited for the And Raman Jawadi, again, the composer yeah. of Game of Thrones, the composer of this show, and the music in this show is just top of the line symphony, you know, so I just, I'm so excited. I love all the modern songs he adapts for the show. Mm-hmm. Like Runaway, Paint It Black, there's... To, uh, the Radiohead song, I can't remember the name. There's two Radiohead songs that he makes into classical music, and it's like, it's so great when you're sitting there hearing a violin play, and then all of a sudden you're like, that's Kid Cudi. <laughs> you <know? laughs> or you're like, that's Nirvana, you know? But it's like a westernized, symphonic version of a Nirvana song, you know? It's really, really awesome about that show. That's such a risk to take to like make a different sounding song of like a really famous band like you're like really hitting yourself up to, or to miss on it right and someone's gonna really yeah. hate it like you really screwed up that kid cuddy song or that nirvana and song they do it all the time yeah. they've done wu-tang cream yep yeah oh, they've they done did. cream by wu-tang funny. uh runaway by kanye west like some that really sounds. fucking good like hip-hops like just like songs in general and only if you're really paying attention will you be like, well, not Runaway, because Runaway is like the piano. You know, it's yes. like a very clear, like when that piano starts, you're like, oh, it's Runaway. Right. But yeah. like a lot of the songs, it's like only if you're really paying attention can you tell, oh, like that's that's a, that's a song that I know, you know? Yeah. And I think oh. a lot of people forget J.J. Abrams is the creator of the show. So we got to give props to J.J. Abrams. Yes. J.J. Abrams and then Christopher Nolan. Lisa Joy. Lisa Joy. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's got good showrunners. Did you see season three, Chase? I have only seen like four episodes. I've seen like the first four episodes of the show ever. Um, I think we need to get Chase on Westworld. I yeah. You got to try. I like, I'll tell you right away. I didn't hate it. Like when I watched it, what happened was it was like four years ago. So it must've been when 2018. So it was when season two came out that summer. I started watching season one and I got like four episodes in and then I went out of town and I just came back. And I just never like restarted. You never picked it back so, up, yeah. Yeah, and just uh, kind of just fell off. And so now I need to like go back to episode one the again thing, and do it all over. The thing with Westworld is it's like the type of show that you need to take notes for. Like you need yeah. to have like a notebook out. <laughs> it's like, like a lecture that you need to. And it's one of the shows that I would say has some of single-handedly the greatest twists in television history there are some twists in that show that literally sorry for the language fuck you so hard up the ass and literally (laughs) make you question all reality and everything you've been watching and everything you've been thinking and that's the type of show i want is the show that like physically knocks you back you know so i know it gets a lot of flack but i love it i don't think i see that flack but i will i will watch it again once this come out um do you guys have um, a date? Yeah. Okay. Give me like a month. Um, I'm I'm trying to finish up the Sopranos right now. I'm like mid season five, so I got like Ooh, I got good, like good thirty episodes did. left. So I need to finish that off, and then I'll I'll head up to my next HBO show. I um, will say, watching Alt Shift X, it might be a requirement while you watch the show to help yeah. you, especially if you're not like taking notes and like trying to like stay ahead of it. It's mm-hmm. a really complex show where things can get lost. If you're not like detailed, paying attention to it. Honestly, I would go as far as to say, like, you need to watch the show with Frankie and I. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, we have time, so we can we can we do, do that. That's fine. So, 
Right on. Let's get up to the next bit of news. So yesterday, uh, May 16th, it was dropped. The Boys Season 3 trailer was released. Um, we have a couple weeks till it comes out. It comes out June 3rd is what I'm reading. Um, and the first thing I got out of this trailer is, wow, I don't remember Season 2 at all. Like, it's been like a year and a half, and I have like zero idea what happens except like... I just rewatched it. I need to rewatch it because I have, I have no idea what's going to happen in Season 3. It looks amazing, and that's all I have. <laughs> So I just showed my girlfriend, Ash, the entirety of the boys. So about a month and a half ago, right when I started my job, we binged the boys season one and the boys season two in about two and a half days. And I am so disgustingly fucking excited for season three of the boys. It's... I'm fucking my level of hype is through the roof. I feel like I'm very much like Chase in the sense where I'm very excited and it looks great and I'm so excited for Jensen Ackles because he's a great actor. Um but I it's it's been a while and I literally don't remember any of it. And so I'm gonna <laughs> have to rewatch it. I we're gonna get into it because we're doing a mid season review for Barry, but I feel the same way about that show. I feel I like that show started and I completely forgot everything that happened in season two. And uh so note to self to everyone out there, if a new show's coming out with a new season, you should probably re-binge the entire show. I, I fully agree because I feel the exact same about Barry. Uh yeah. and when I was re-watching the boys, I felt the same because there's a lot of stuff that I misremembered. And keep in mind, I've watched like I feel like The Boys is one of the shows I've rewatched the most, actually, because I've shown so many people it, and I watch through the at least the entire first season every time I rewatch it. So I remember that one easily. But the second season I hadn't rewatched until we watched it for the pod years ago, and rewatching that was like holy shit! I forgot why the second season was my favorite. That's funny. Because like I remember Dan and I had watched the boys right first, and we we're trying to get you to watch it. Like I'll get to it eventually. Yeah. And now you're just you're like Dan with Game of Thrones, right? Everyone's trying to convince him to watch it, and then now he's like the expert. Now you're the expert of the boys. It's that's funny. Yeah. Um, we need to. You guys... so you're going to become the expert of Westworld. Yeah, I'm going to be telling you this crap. You're going to be like shit, man. He's going to figure out shit guy. before we do. Blow our right. mind. He kind of became the expert of Euphoria in the sense that he finished the show before just, we did. But, yeah. The thing is, I watched Euphoria so fast, like it all blended together. Now I'm like, what happened in season two? Um, <laughs> speaking, I just wanted to say this. I didn't realize. So the guy who plays Huey, Jack Quaid, I didn't realize his parents are Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Like, what a power couple! Like, that's so freaking cool. And I didn't know that until like a few months ago. I knew his yeah, he's name. He's got royal family. Put that yeah. together. Yeah, it's like he was big. in a new screen movie. If you guys saw that, I did not. All right, let's get to the next piece. Stranger Things Season 4, it's official. It's coming back in 10 days on Friday, May 27th. Um, I think we all kind the of had same day as the Obi-Wan Kenobi release. Oh, jeez. Get ready. I, uh, I'm i not excited for this. I think we already talked about this, really. But, like, if waited too long, the kids are too old, and I can't believe they're going to have a Season 5 after this as well. It's just pathetic. Yeah, I feel very similar. I... The the cast is like all like they look like they're like late teenagers, almost like early twenties. Except for Millie Bobby Brown, she looks like she's forty five. Her stylists are doing her so fucking dirty. I don't get it. I don't. I don't. She looks like Sarah Jessica Parker, dude. Like, okay, bro. 
<laughs> you can't compare an 18 year old to Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> Dude, it's her stylist. Sarah Jessica Parker is gorgeous. I used to have the biggest crush on Sarah Jessica Parker, and everyone's like, What do you see? And I was like, I don't know, man. But she's beautiful. I, I, I didn't mean that comparison in a positive way if that wasn't. <laughs> oh, so, I got that. Yeah, that's why I thought. Cause a lot of people don't find her to be attractive, except for I guess me, Dan, and uh, Matthew Broderick. So, yeah. um, and Mr. Big, and Mr. Big, don't forget about him. He died on the Peloton. But okay, no. <laughs> hey, I know I'm not really excited. <laughs> oh, yeah, me, me either. Um, but this is something I want to talk about with what Netflix is doing right now. So they're only releasing the first set, and then they're releasing a second set uh, a month later. Which is kind of like they they just did that with Ozark, and it kind of seems like is that their like way to like have people like not binge it all at once so you could talk about it again in a month because they're not going to release it once a week. They're going to have. I honestly don't know. It's like, just it's their way of trapping us for months, it, and that's what I think. But I'm going to outsmart them, and I'm probably not going to watch it until the second part comes out, and I'm going to watch it all at <laughs> once like I normally do, and. Then I won't. I'll forget about it. Yeah, until... I'm not itching to figure out what happens in that. Like, you know. So here's what I will say: is when they released Arcane, which I think is Netflix's best show to date. I, I genuinely do. They released. It was a nine episode show, but they released an episode. It was over three weeks, three episodes per week. But the reason they did that was the show was purposely structured in a three act structure. So, like, when you watch the show, you should really view it as, like, one one-and-a-half-hour movie, another one-and-a-half movie, and then a third one-and-a-half-hour movie, rather than viewing it as nine separate episodes. I don't think Stranger Things is going to have that same level of cares. I don't know. I think... I'm, it's been too long. It's been too long for us, but you know, like, these teens and these young adults are going to still eat it up and they're still going to be well, obsessed with it. my sister and her friends are extremely excited for this show to come Same, out. yeah. But what grade's your sister and Dan? Is she a senior? She's about to be next year. Okay, yeah, yeah my sisters are... Sister. So in my own opinion, too old to be too excited for this show. I don't know. My sister's a freshman in high school, at least, but like she's also like pumped for Stranger Things. So it's, you know, I think... So your sister's the same age as my stepsister, Dan. Um... And she's excited because she loves Stranger Things. But she even admits that when the third season came out, it was like 20, it was like three or four years ago. It was 2019. She was like a freshman in high school. She's a senior in high school, going into her senior year. Those are like two very different states of your life. Like it's not very long, like in terms of us, like three years ago, was only so much different than it is for me now but for a kid in their teens that's a long time stretch into senior year or like fifth grade to eighth grade are such massive jumps developmentally that i feel like you're a completely different person watching this show than you were three years ago if you were a kid so it blows my mind that they're excited too well and there was a bunch of people on social media that i was seeing defend the show in the way of well, remember, COVID happened, so that's why there's such a gap. But people debunked that by proving that they weren't filming prior to COVID happening. 
and at that point weren't even scheduled to film, which only confirms that the script wasn't even finalized when COVID hit. No. So COVID had nothing to do with the stalling of that production. It was more so about they didn't have a story. They were still trying to make a story. Yep. There, there's so many Netflix shows that first aired at the beginning of COVID, right? And they've already had a second season since then, like, like recently, like or in the last year. And so it's like they have, were able to film. It's just that they didn't. So they really, you know, screwed it up. But it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Netflix has um, been fucking up. Well, how's their stock doing? I haven't looked up. recently. They haven't been fucking up. They never nailed it. No. Well, they're just screwed. As more people, more streaming services come available, they're they're just not going to be that top tier streaming service anymore. Eventually, everyone's going to have a market share, and they're just going to be average at that point. All right, let's get to the next bit. We've been on the news for a while. Star Wars Vanity Fair sh- shoot took place. Uh, Kenobi, I didn't know how to pronounce that. Dan, you got to tell me this. <laughs> so all so all the new shows that are coming out this year were headlined um, in the Vanity Fair issue. So we got Kenobi, Ahsoka. Andor and the Mandalorian season three, all four shows that I'm very excited about. Andor is going to be a Rogue One prequel suite series centered around Cassie and Andor and the Rebel uh, Alliance kind of first forming. Um, Ahsoka is going to be a spinoff show starring Ahsoka or starring Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano and Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker. Kenobi's coming out next Friday, which has Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, just an amazing, amazing uh, lineup of cast and characters. And then The Mandalorian Season 3, which is expected to be hitting Disney Plus in the winter of this year, uh, which is super exciting news. Um, Kind of alongside that awesome Vanity Fair shoot that took place, a bunch of people were there getting interviewed. Dave Filoni, Jon Favreau, Deborah Cho, Bryce Dallas Howard, all of the great people about the Star Wars uh, direction and then of course kathleen kennedy was there as well because she has to be and she was interviewed and she's recently been under fire pretty much all day for a comment she made in the interview about how let me read the comment specifically so that i don't paraphrase solo though it was about solo yes somebody asked her about because she was basically saying that these four series represent the future the Mandalorian season one was Lucasfilm's first step forward. Kathleen Kennedy tells Vanity Fair that this new universe of Star Wars is a turning point for the stories. So she's basically saying that, like, you know, the the 2015-2019 Star Wars era is like a, a a dead universe, and they are restarting. And the Mandalorian was like the beginning of a new wave of star wars stories and then she goes on to say that she learned a big mistake in solo a star wars story that getting a new actor to replicate any of the og characters is near impossible it seems abundantly clear that we cannot do that and a lot of people are coming after her basically upset that she's blaming not only the actor who played han solo but Donald Glover, who played Lando Calrissian, mm. when it, many feel like they gave great performances, the issue was the movie was a terrible story, terrible marketing, mm-hmm. and a terrible release date. Horrible production, horrible direction. Um, and a lot of people are just really upset that, like, once again, she has no concept of what it means to run this franchise by just constantly saying the wrong thing over and over. She's like Star Wars' J.K. Rowling. Like, she's not as political but she says the wrong thing every time she opens her mouth that's yeah, so i hate kathleen kennedy that's so offensive dude like if i i don't know what the guy's name is that played solo 
but like, dude, I'd be so pissed if like the person, the head of Star Wars, is saying this crap about you. Like, screw you. Like, that's so messed up, man. Like, and they killed his career shots. as an actor. Right. Somebody tweeted, like, let's keep in mind this actor's career has been completely dead since that film came out. And that's like this movie ruined his career. They butchered that whole film. Like, I remember it came out like in May, didn't it? Like, why didn't it come out in like it the came winter? Out five like every other after the Last Jedi. Right. So. Why didn't it come out, whatever, in November or December the following year like they had been doing with every other Star Wars release up until that point? It just, they screwed everything. It came out way too soon after The Last Jedi and people were way too upset at Star Wars. Yeah. Because it's really not a bad film. To be honest with you, I have seen Solo since that initial release. I've watched it on my own and it's not a terrible Mm -hmm. film. It's an actually enjoyable film because of the performances. I think the guy who plays Han Solo does a great job and Amelia Clark is an amazing character in it and you get Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian and it's a really interesting story. I just think that looking back the release date was really what sunk the ship of that film because of how controversial and divisive The Last Jedi was. I, I don't like Solo. I haven't been able to get through the entire thing. I've tried about three or four times, but wow. I think it's bad to just throw the actor under the bus. That's fucked. Yeah, I gave Solo a lot of hate when it when I first saw it, I think on this podcast. So, But Me I too. think I, I listen to I, what I've stopped doing, at least since we've been doing this podcast, really, is I don't listen to other people's opinions before I watch something because it totally just ruins it, right, for you. So I think yeah. that's what I did with Solo. So... Yeah. Um. All right, we're done with Star Wars trashing. Hopefully, everything works out there. I'm excited to see those shows coming out this year. I am Not actually really Star Wars trashing. Kathleen Kennedy trashing. Yeah, Kathleen. Yes. Sorry, we <laughs> love Star am, Wars I'm, on this podcast. Right. I'm excited for Mando season three, so uh, I'm looking forward to those shows as well. And I need to obviously watch a uh, Boba Fett eventually. Um. And finally. The last bit of news, and we'll get to the reviews. Christopher Walken signs on to play the Emperor in Dune Part 2. I know you guys are pretty stoked about this. I can't take his accent seriously, though. I'm Christopher Walken. Like, well, I'm see, you bring up a good point is because of who <laughs> he is and how he talks and all that. I'm very interested to see how Denis Villeneuve like transforms him in this film because oh, that, that's exactly what he did with uh, Alexander Skarsgård, Stellan Skarsgård, Stellan Skarsgård. I, I just, you know, the transformation that Stellan Skarsgård went through, I'm just very curious to see what Christopher Walken, is he even going to be recognizable? Like, is he, is it even going to look like Christopher Walken or is it going to be just like the scary? Because, you know, the Emperor in the original Dune is already a little scary looking and that movie's very campy and very silly. <clears throat> this Dune series is not campy and not silly and it's very leaned into the scariness of it. And so I'm very interested to see like what this is going to look like. And also, you know, Florence Pugh as the princess. I just think it's going to be very, you know, very interesting. I mean, I'm excited to see Christopher Walken because I can't, what's the last movie he was in or like that you remember? Like I just think Wedding Crashers and that was like 17 years ago. Like I haven't seen no. him in anything. No, I mean, he was in Jersey Boys, which is a really good movie. I know you knew oh, that see, movie. I, I, I blacked that out. <laughs> See, I, but he hasn't been in much, right? Like, you don't hear about Christopher Walken nowadays at all. The only time he's brought up is that he murdered someone, possibly. <laughs> Actually, I, he I, hasn't I, been in a movie in a while. That's what I'm saying. I, he hasn't been in much. Like, he was he in was a lot of movies. In the, in the Jungle Book. That? Oh, yeah, he was the big the big bear. Or no, the monkey. I don't know who he was. 
Yeah, he was the baboon. The last film he was in was he was in Wild Mountain Time. The war. He's actually been in a lot, just nothing that we've heard of. He's just he like doing like King Louis indie films, Sundance. Irreplaceable You, Percy. He was in the Jesus Rolls, the uh, the Big Lebowski sequel. I, did you see that? I didn't see that. No, I didn't. I forgot that even came out. That's how badly marketed that was. Yeah. Well, long story short, I'm I'm very excited for Doom Part Two, and I cannot wait for the fall of next year. So that's when it's going to come out. Is oh, he's in that TV show Severance yes. that I've heard so many good things about. I've heard it's really good. Uh, yes, it's in 2023. Okay. Yeah, Severance, All Frank, right. I've heard... I don't know if you guys have... Or Dan, I don't know if you've watched it, but I've heard Severance is really good. I've heard Severance is fucking amazing that I need to watch it. I have heard yeah. it's a good show. Alrighty, starting off with our little Marvel review list here. We have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. This was Sam Raimi's official foray into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, all three of us have seen it. I loved it. I know Dan did too, but I haven't heard Chase's thoughts, so I'm really excited to hear all of his thoughts on the matter. But I, it's very different, and I absolutely loved it. I loved it as well. I've actually seen this movie now four times uh, <laughs> since the release. I... Every time I've seen it, I've fallen in love with it more and more. I've always been a big Raimi fanboy. Um, The Spider-Man trilogy is just such an important trilogy to me. And I also love the Evil Dead series. I think it's a great horror film. And so I was very excited when Sam Raimi signed on for this. And I just think it is one of the best Marvel films. It's so different from every other Marvel film we've ever seen. Everything about it, like, yes, it was Doctor Strange, and yes, there was Wanda, but it didn't feel like a Marvel movie in the slightest. Um, I loved everything that had to do with Wanda. She was obviously the highlight of the film. I just thought that everything that she was doing was so, like, tell me why I was rooting for her the entire movie. Tell me why I wanted her to kill every single person. Like, I was like, Takaris, these motherfuckers, like, kill them all. I was rooting for her to get her babies back. I was, and let's be clear, nobody destroyed her. She stopped herself. Nobody was able to stop her. She destroyed herself at the end of the movie, which proves that she is by far the strongest Marvel character. Um, I thought that the doctor, the like all of the different like Doctor Strange versions were incredible, but the Zombie Strange was so Raimi and so just like I was sitting there in the theater, literally like. You would never see this in a Marvel movie, I feel like. Like I, I just I just feel like it was so unique and so cool and I, I loved it. So Chase, go ahead and give us your review. Okay, so I'm not gonna say I didn't love it. I'll tell you that right off the bat. Um My issue is, and this is the main takeaway, is I just don't like Doctor Strange. I didn't care for the first Doctor Strange. So this one it's not going to be any better to me, I don't think. I just don't care for his character, and I don't necessarily care for Wanda as well. I think she's a fucking psychopath, and she's fucking batshit <laughs> crazy. And I just, I can't, like, understand, like, any, like I'm, like, like, deeply thinking in this movie because you have to figure out the whole multiverse crap, and, you know, your brain's spinning the entire time. So the entire time, I'm also spinning, like, 
what are her morals and stuff like that? You know, I'm thinking of like beyond, like beyond her person and her psych- psychological makeup and stuff. I don't know. I just don't like her that much. So I'm sorry to say that. Um, but was it bad? Would no, you, it wasn't would bad. you say though that she is one of the most complex Marvel characters? I think she's the most complex Marvel character. I'll give her that credit. I just I, like who she is as a person. I just don't like her. I guess I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it it just goes back to WandaVision. I just never understood her. Like I understand her grief and her sadness for losing Kim, but she created a whole world and she warped people's brains and stuff like that. And I I, I get it's a movie and it's just or a cinematic universe. It's all f- fake and stuff. But it's just like crazy to think like if that happened in real life or something i'd be like that person sucks and that's why i kind of associate her with as well so then in this movie when she's trying to get her fake kids back and she's just willing to kill an, another kid to get her kids back i was like this concept man i I, I just don't dig her so i don't know that's how i felt like the entire movie like i knew you guys were gonna say i love it i love this character so my issue with wanda was spoiler this entire review is gonna be spoilers by the way it throughout all of the character development that occurred in WandaVision. Like she had really reached like a level of like peace with herself. And then the one post credit scene shows her being corrupted by the dark hold. And now she's just this corrupt evil person in this movie. See, I disagree with that. I don't think it's. And now in the very beginning of the film, they very much specify that it's almost been a year and a half since Westview. So this movie is way after WandaVision. So she's been sitting there. Like, do they need to show her reading it for me to understand? No, I can put two and two together. She read that two months and got her dark. I feel like it's, I feel like it's more so in a culmination of what happens in WandaVision. Whereas I feel like where she leaves off in WandaVision, it very much is like the impression I get is like, oh, she's about to go fuck shit up. Like, I remember in that final scene of her reading the Darkhold, literally being like, oh, she's coming for, like, you know, like, that was exactly the expression that I remember having when that show aired. So for her to be this way in this movie, it was like, in my mind, it was like, this is exactly what was coming. This was exactly what was going to happen. And there's apparently talks of her getting her own film uh, that's going to be the middle part, which mm. kind of bugs me because I'm like, Ugh, is this just Marvel trying to like help the people that couldn't infer? You know what I mean? Like, we don't need that movie if it's going to be about that. I love a Wanda movie, but don't make it just because it's like you have to ex- better explain her path to the dark side. It's like the way I view Danny. You know, right? The, the more I watch Game of Thrones, the more and more her storyline makes sense to me, and I just feel like. It's a perfect example of like this was coming for a long time, and that's why that's why I think it's like a, more of an, a culmination of one division as opposed to like a regression. And you, so the counterpoint, if you want to go chase first, I just well, I just wanted to say, can you explain like, can you justify her actions? Like that's just what I can't get over. It's just no, like, what, what, like no, how did she not. get to this point? Like I just don't get it. Like she just snapped really ever since Vision died or whatever it's it just from the fact that she has never had a family and every family she's ever had has been taken from her yeah, so at uh-huh. this point in her life it's like telling a mother her children aren't real yeah good fucking luck you know what i'm saying like at this point this woman is yeah. doing whatever she can to have her family that she's never had and so do i agree with her decisions no but there's an amazing interview with elizabeth olsen where she's like if I were to justify her behavior, I would not be able to play her. 
She's mm-hmm. like, I have to put myself in the shoes of a woman who has had no family, who has lost her brother, her love, and now her children. That person's going to say, fuck everybody. And I feel like that is a perfect way of the, how the audience should be viewing the character as well. If you try to justify the behavior, it's going to be very black and white. You know, if you just try to more so just it's 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 that way with a lot of villains you know i'd say some of the best villains are the ones that you have to push yourself to like really like it's like a cersei you know like that that character's a cunt but at the same time you find yourself all the time throughout that show finding moments where you're like but i understand that you know or and that's kind of how i view wanda do i agree no but that's what makes her an amazing villain in my opinion because she's not a hero. She's a villain. She is a villain through yeah. and through. All right. I respect so, that answer. That's good. My issue um, is that it makes sense that she was, because she was corrupted by the Darkhold. The, the whispers she heard were her children crying out to her, but it was the Darkhold trying to corrupt her. And that's, that's why she did what she did, was she was corrupted by the Darkhold. And that's why she destroys it and all that. But narratively, before that post credit scene, Wanda had a full character arc through WandaVision where she goes through the different stages of grief and reaches acceptance. And the the show has that full character arc and then the post credit scene and all of Multiverse of Madness throws her back way behind to the beginning of the grief and she no longer has acceptance over the matter. And I get it. She was corrupted but narratively speaking, they just burned her character arc. Like in a two, I think you're missing the point that they're two different people. I think they do an amazing job throughout the entire Doctor Strange film saying, like, if if this if you say no, it won't be Wanda coming back for you. It'll be the Scarlet Witch. There's numerous scenes where you see the Scarlet Witch possessing Wanda in the other universe which is more so just a symbolism of the entire scope of like, there's the Scarlet Witch, which was, which is like a fucking, like it's like a T and then there's Wanda. They are like two different people. I think that happened at all. There was no moment where they killed her character. arc. Her character arc still happened. It's just two different people, right? Yeah. Um, again, I, I, I love the movie. Like keep in mind, I loved it. It's just, from that narrative angle. I guess viewing it from that perspective makes it more palatable. I just didn't like... It's like they're using her her vessel, like Wanda, as the vehicle for this corruption narrative. And again, it's it's not Wanda because she's corrupted, but it's still the same person at the end of the day in my eyes, which is why I'm just like... She went through everything... And then loses it. So I hope that there's a sequel so she can get that redemption again, where she can learn and maybe, powers. Maybe go see the film again. Yeah. With that perspective in entering it. Maybe because again, I've seen this movie four times. So I've had like the journey of perspectives. Whereas I think you've seen it once. You've both seen, seen it once. Seen it twice this weekend, my second time. Okay. You've seen it twice this in two, like two days ago. You saw it? No, I've seen it once so far. The second time is going to be this weekend because my sister hasn't watched it yet. Okay, so okay. when you go see it, try and enter it with the perspective of like what we what we talked about necessarily, yeah. and see if it's a, if you're able to like 
re you know because i i feel like it, it is the same way with like though they're different narrations and i know i already said it but like the way danny was so uneasy unable to be digestible when it was first aired i've seen that final season now like five times and it's only made more and more and more and more and more sense yeah. as it's gone on um and so i just think it's one of those things too where it's like when a character you love is doing stuff like that it's just undigestible at first you know and that's just kind of how it is usually yeah. when you see a character you love making a decision you don't agree with uh, I'll talk about yeah. I'll talk about what I loved with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I it felt like a Doctor Strange movie, and what I mean about that is it's so weird and so like nerdy. And what I mean by nerdy is like the magic and like how everything operates and the, traveling the multiverse, and it feels so different than a regular multi like Marvel movie. That it felt like the first Doctor Strange movie. I'm not meaning like the one that came out in 2016. No, it felt like the first actual Doctor Strange film that's ever come out. Because the one in 2016 didn't feel like a Doctor Strange movie after I saw Multiverse of Madness. Like it felt like we finally got a good Doctor Strange movie. And it was so fucking fun. And I really liked America Chavez. And I loved that she was the driving plot device, but wasn't the protagonist of the film like it's not like with hawkeye kate bishop was the main character obviously so it was that was the intention with this they had a kate bishop-esque character but it was still doctor strange film first and foremost and it felt very doctor strange and it felt very sam raimi and i loved it because it's so different than the regular marvel formula Frankie knows this. When I first saw the film, I really disliked America Chavez. I Because you guys know, I'm never into the... First of all, I hate comedic reliefs. Second of all, I hate children. Especially <laughs> in Marvel movies, I typically hate the young Marvel actors. Like That's yeah. one of the big reasons why I hate the Spider-Man franchise in MCU. Um, I just don't like when there's young... like oh my god, so cool kind of characters. It just Not makes Holland. it feel so fucking annoying and cheesy. And like, and that was very America Chavez to me in the beginning, which was like, whoa, what's going on? Just happy to be here. And it was like, okay, this girl needs to go home. But then the more I've watched it, the more I've really appreciated her character. Can't say the same for Ned Leeds. But like, <laughs> after the fourth time seeing Multiverse <laughs> of Madness, I'm like, I'm very behind the America Chavez character. And I think she's a great character. And I think that the actress did a really good job adding like, you know, that was... Because Haley Steinfeld, uh, Kate Bishop, is the only like young, child-like MCU character so far I've enjoyed. Most of them I heavily dislike. She was the only one so far that I actually enjoyed Haley Steinfeld. And now I think that America Chavez is like the second in like 10 years, like the second right. child in a Marvel movie I've enjoyed. Well, that's yep. that's funny you say that because Haley Steinfeld is actually like twenty five. This girl's like actually like sixteen. Like she is actually <laughs> yeah, but a when teenager. You Hawkeye, she very much plays like a fucking kid, right? <laughs> yeah. And so that's funny you say that about America Chavez. Is, there, is it Chavez? Is that her last name? Yes, America Chavez. I, I thought at the beginning of the movie, I was like, I had the same thought as you, Dan. I was like, this chick is annoying, and um, I thought her acting was absolutely atrocious at the beginning of the film. Like, I just, I didn't think she was an actor at all. And then as the movie progressed, she got better. But it was just, like, really weird, I thought, at the beginning. It, it just didn't click at all. But her character did get better, and I do like her character. And that kind of leads me to, um, how powerful is she 
she's got to be like super powerful, right? Like she's like on oh, Scarlet absolutely. Witch level. Okay. So, I mean, she could have Scarlet Witch. Yeah, but all yeah, she's a sixteen-year-old. She, she's still learning her powers. Yeah. Fully developed, she would be one of the most powerful simply because of her power to traverse the multiverse safely. Like that power alone is like a universal level power. Well, and the, also the fact that there's only one of her. Yes. That's cool. She's like the Nexus being. So there is no multiple America Chavez's. Now that she can control her powers, why can't she find her moms? I didn't really get that at the end. Like, can't she like now get to them faster? I think like, she's gonna. I think she's gonna get a film for that. Okay. Yeah. I think um. I also there. think Chase, you may have, you might have appreciated it more had you seen What If, because that series really like heavily played into this film. Yeah. And I think that so. maybe there were a couple of things that you didn't have as much appreciation for maybe because you didn't see those episodes where it was like very foreshadowed that it was going to happen. So I saw actually something I wanted to bring up. Is she in what if America Chavez? No. No. Okay. Okay. So one thing right away and I'll get into more stuff, but so right at the beginning of the film where she's, you know, he, the dream he's having and she's in it, it's like, who the fuck is this character? Did I miss something in one of these TV shows? Like I was so lost at the beginning and that turns out that's just how they're introducing you to her character. But then now I just want to say after this, like, yeah, I haven't seen like the last four Marvel shows and, um, but it's just like, I'm, so I'm not going to be a Marvel fanboy like you guys. So I'm not going to know what's going on, but that's kind of what I don't like about Marvel is that like, these movies now you have to see everything just to like understand everything that's going on. It seems like and that kind of sucks for people that don't want to waste eight hours of, not say waste, but they don't want to watch eight hours of television yeah. just to get the backstory on a two hour movie and things like that. And that's kind of how I feel. And it's starting to confuse me and like not push me away, but it's kind of just like harder to understand some things now in them. So if it was a film, would you say you would see them? Say that one more time. If they were films, would you say you would see them? Yeah, I'll see every MCU film because it's two hours, but it's like these shows, I will watch these shows. I, I, I keep saying that and I haven't watched any of them since Loki and I still haven't finished that, but um, I just, I don't know. I, I can't get around to just watching a TV show, I guess. I, I'd rather just watch a two-hour film. It's easy. It's like that, especially if it's at the theaters, I could go and see it and then I'm done, right? But So what's, now with- really, what's really interesting is my biggest source of losing enjoyment in the MCU is how easy it is to predict everything if you're watching all of it. Like, I tried to go into Doctor Strange as blind as humanly possible, and I still knew about 90% of what was going to happen in the movie, unfortunately. Interesting. I didn't feel that way. I constantly feel that way, unfortunately. I felt that way about No Way Home. I called a lot of No Way Home. I texted Chase like days before, and I was like, I think this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and it all happened. Yeah. But Doctor Strange, I was like very, like, I didn't really think like some of that stuff was going to play out. It was much like No Way Home for me. And I felt that it sucked, because I tried as hard as possible to not have that happen again. Because I love No Way Home, and I just wish... That my first experience, I didn't know everything that was going to happen. It's funny that you guys bring this up because my very first time watching Multiverse, 
I think I told Frankie this, there was this person next to me and you know, immediately when Wanda gets brought up, uh, like gets mentioned in the film, the theme song for the second episode of WandaVision starts to play and you hear the jingle mm-hmm. and then it takes you over to like, it takes oh, you over Wanda. Yeah, the form. that's right. Um, and I remember this person sitting next to me turned to his friend and was like, oh, I had to see WandaVision. And I like just started laughing in my seat and I couldn't contain myself. And I turned to him and I said, big oversight. And then I yeah. looked back at the screen and my sister turned to me and was like, what did you just say to him? And I said, big oversight. And she was like, why would you say anything? And looking back, I'm like, why did I say anything? But in the moment, I just couldn't help myself. Like, you fuck. in my mind, I was like, you fucking moron. You came to see this movie and didn't watch WandaVision? Like, you idiot. Like, and that's just how I feel because I'm such a pretty, like, Marvel guy that in my mind, I'm like, how do you not watch the show prior to this movie, you know? But I get your perspective, too. That's that's funny you say that because yeah I'm lucky I saw WandaVision or otherwise I would have been totally lost like yes, how Wanda is this character in this film and so that is nice but that just gets me to my point like there's a lot of people that don't have Disney Plus so they're not going to watch these shows but they're going to go see these movies as a family and they're going to be totally lost it's like seeing the original Avengers movies if you hadn't seen Thor or Captain America you're like who the hell is this guy and you don't understand their personalities like that's kind of how it feels like now with the TV shows and the movies so. Do you know what my sister has me do for her? She is very much like you. She only wants to watch what she wants to watch in the MCU. So whenever she wants to watch something, she comes to me and be like, all right, don't give me bullshit. What do I have to watch? And I tell her the bare minimum she has to watch to enjoy whatever she's looking for. And then she watches it and enjoys it. So but then again, point, how do you fully know what she has to watch? For all, I've seen all of it. But for all you knew... Hawkeye was going to be brought up in Multiverse of Madness. Well, I didn't tell her. Oh, you knew Loki was going to appear in Multiverse of Madness, and so was Sylvie. Remember, that was a rumor? Yeah. You know, I I told her after I saw the movie. Oh, well, okay. So if it's after the movie, then you already know. But I'm just saying, like, you know, how do you know going into the movie what you do and don't need to know? No idea. But after the movie is when I told her, I got on the phone with her. She's like, so what do I need to see? I was like, WandaVision. That's it. Like, the other stuff you'd like to but I know she's not going to do it unless it's 100% mandatory. So I was like, WandaVision. She's like, great, I've already seen it. So now she made her husband, my brother-in-law, watch all of WandaVision because now he knows that he has to watch WandaVision to appreciate the movie. So that's what has my sister she, does. Has she seen the the movies, though? Like, Because she's seen like Endgame, Infinity War, and like the yes, original Doctor because Strange? Okay. I, no, she didn't see the original Doctor Strange. I told her she didn't need oh. to watch it for the movie because you really don't need to watch it. It's just a backstory, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, for one, because WandaVision has she got in the MCU. She's like, what do I have to watch? And I was like, well, you're not going to like it, but you have to watch the first Avengers, then Age of Ultron, then Civil War, then uh, what's it called? Infinity okay. War Endgame. Endgame. So she was like, there was like five movies. And then once she got through that, she started liking the MCU. And then she started to go back and watch individual movies that caught her eye because she loved Ragnarok. So she wanted to see some of the older Marvel movies. Uh, but she has no care in the world for Iron Man. So she's not going to go back and watch the Iron Mans if she already understands the story through his death, you know? Uh, so she's picked and chose what she wants to watch. Uh, Moon Knight was the show she just most recently watched, and she absolutely loved it. And that was actually the first Marvel show that my brother-in-law enjoyed, because he's not a Marvel fan, but he loves Oscar Isaac, and he liked it like ten times more than my sister did. So now he actually watched WandaVision 
because they're going to see the movie when they're down here this weekend. The way I see it, and this could segue us into the next review, but if you want to be a Marvel fan, I was just literally talking about this with Addie the other day because she was like, okay, so what are the Marvel projects coming out this year? And I was like, we have this, 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 and this. And I was like, these are the ones that are confirmed to come out this year. These are the Disney Plus shows. These are the films. And she was like, okay, so we're basically going to the University of Marvel. And I was like, yes, if you want to be a Marvel fan, you are enrolled in the University of Marvel. You take every course, you take every test, and that's how it works. You are enrolled in the University of Marvel. Like, And yeah. she was like, word, okay, perfect. She's like, so when do my classes start? I was like, the first class starts in June when She-Hulk comes out. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, and I watch every Marvel property for that reason. But I know, like, especially with people like my sister – and I couldn't put a gun to her head and make her watch every Marvel property. She doesn't want to. But when she does want to watch stuff, that's where I'm her uh, her like curator, essentially, <laughs> on what she has to watch in order to enjoy what she wants to watch. And that's how so, my sister's gone about it. For me, and this might you guys might be like, what the hell? But so well, we're in phase five, right? That's what we're in. Phase right four. Now. Is it phase four? Oh. Yes. Um then I have it totally wrong on my phone with all my reviews. But so ever since Endgame, and so you had, what is it called, the snap? When yes. the time jump and everything like that. I hate that. I, I really hate that plot line that, that you have this whole missing part. And like there's a whole skip in the universe. You had people gone for this long. It just kind of adds like another layer to something that should be simple, like comic book movies. But Marvel is making it so complex. And then that just adds into the multiverse. Well, I think the multiverse is a cool thing. It now seems like that's like the future of this. And I don't know. It just it's, it seems like it's just it's a brain fog for me to like think of like the whole multiverse. Like I don't want to like think that much. I'm watching a comic book movie. I want to watch superheroes kick the shit out of villains. I don't need to think about Doctor Strange is in Planet 360, but he's from Planet 3 220. Like it, yeah, it's. It's cool for people who like that stuff. Like that kind of reminds me of like Inception or something. Like it's a Christopher Nolan type thing, but it's just like I don't need that for a whole phase and a whole series now of it of Marvel. It just the makes it harder. The only reason to watch. I like the multiverse is because it means the incorporation of the Fox and Sony universes. That's yeah, like yeah. one of the main reasons why I'm so into the multiverse right now is because it just means like Professor X. We didn't even talk about it, but like. Right. He got to be in this movie and, you know, getting to see John um, Krasinski. Yes, but I was going to say getting to see like the, the Sony Spider-Man and No Way Home, you know, mm -hmm. getting to see the merging of all these other Marvel properties is the biggest reason why I've been so into the multiverse is just getting to see like, you know, actors from other things. I do. I do feel like, you know, end eventually, though, because I think like for all people that know the multiverse know that it's all ending with Kang and it's leading up to Kang and then ultimately leading up with Goliath. And so I feel like there is an ultimate like journey with this multiverse. Um, I don't think it's going to be like forever necessarily. I think it'll be like the next couple of movies, maybe next like five to six to seven projects. And then it'll start to like, it's going to go through phase five. I'm pretty sure. Okay. See, that's but like each phase is only like 10 projects. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's hard for, I'm not saying I'm a casual fan because I've seen like every Marvel project outside of the most recent TV shows. So like I know probably more than most I'd say, but like for casual fans, that's like super confusing. The whole multiverse, like if you're just trying to get along right now, it's, it's a whole shit. Like you're like, I have to watch 20 projects. It feels like just to understand it. Like Rachel, when we saw Spider-Man, like the most recent one, she couldn't grasp how 
uh, fucking, what's his name? The first Sony, Peter Parker, Parker, and then Andrew Garfield is in there. She actually couldn't grasp, like, how that makes any sense. I was like, I have no, I can't tell you. You just got to accept it and move on, like, at this point. Yeah. And if you want to grasp it, you've got to watch all the stuff. It's one of those right. things where it's, like, really daunting for a new fan, really rewarding for a established Marvel fan. Like, if you have all, if you've already seen all these movies then you're just eating your cake right now. But right. if you're somebody that's trying to get into this franchise, it's almost near impossible, it feels like, to people, I feel like. You gotta find yourself a curator if you're trying to get into it for the first time. Uh, honestly, I call it the Thor the Dark World world rule. Never seen it, don't need to see it. Never. If I haven't seen it, I still understand everything that's going on in Marvel. I don't need to see the movie. Uh, but I really appreciate that perspective because... As the more quote unquote casual, you've seen so still seen most of it, but it's that daunting task. Though I do yeah. think it would be easier to follow everything, specifically if you finish Loki, because that's where everything got introduced. Yeah, that is where all of this started was at the end of Loki. Yeah, like the finale of Loki would literally explain the multiverse to you, and mm. then you would literally understand why this is even all happening to kind of begin with. Yes. Uh, but it's all leading to a singular point, and that's going to be Secret Wars. And what's good to know is by the time Secret Wars rolls around, the multiverse literally is not going to matter anymore. Which uh, Secret Wars chase is the fifth Avengers film. Yes. Okay. Okay. So it'll be Avengers Secret Wars. Yeah. Uh, and it's based off the comics of the same name. And it's like this massive multiverse mashup that really has nothing to do with the multiverse because it's a very personal story about Reed Richards and another character that I don't want to say for spoilers, but. Um, so I think we should even... Oh, yeah. Oh. I just wanted to ask one question before we go into reviews. I think if that's what we're doing. Um, so this multiverse in this film has Fantastic Four, it has X-Men, so they're in whatever I said, Planet 360 or whatever they're labeling it. So they're not actually in our normal MCU world at all. No. They're completely yes. galaxies away. Okay. And it's almost like a no way home when they established that the Avengers don't exist in those Peter Parker's universes because they thought they were a band member. Mm -hmm. yeah. So like the Avengers don't even exist in like Peter Parker's the only superhero in his world. Or mm -hmm. not Peter Parker, yeah. Tobey Maguire. You know what I mean? Like he's the only superhero in his world of superheroes. Okay. It, See, yeah, was, it all gets explained at the end of Loki, but continue. Okay. No, I was going to say like right at when I saw Dr. X and then um, whatever John Krasinski's character is like, I was just like, how are they going to bring them to our world? Like I just couldn't, I didn't understand that. So yeah, obviously no, they, that goes back to, you need to watch everything to understand it. So yeah, Loki explains it really well. Cause it's the first introduction, formal introduction of the multiverse. And it's like a 30-minute scene where a character just explains the multiverse and what it means going forward, and it sets up everything multiversal for the rest of the MCU. It's a chilling scene that you're going to probably really dig, because I love that scene. Yeah, oh, it's, just, my, yeah it's the reason why I love Loki so much. And Loki, I will tonight. say, is not one of those Marvel projects where it was just like, they made a show. There's a season two of Loki, so it's going to be a reoccurring thing. So I feel like it's much more, whereas like, you know, like maybe you could argue like Falcon Winter Soldier was like, you didn't need to watch it because it like, yeah. it's like a while before that Captain America movie is going to be coming out. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas like Loki's going to have a second season by the time that Captain America movie already comes out. So it's like, a, it's like an actual story that's like going to be recurring and it's like worth getting invested in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right on. Frankie, let's hear your review. Uh, Doctor your Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, 9.0. Loved it. Just to be that guy. It's my birthday. I want to be on top. I'm going to give it a 9.3. I thought it was so good. And we didn't even bring this up, but Danny Elfman composed the soundtrack. And the way that man just can immediately take me back to 2002, just by the way he composes song is, is just really great. And so 9.3. Stellar job, Danny Elfman. Sam Raimi as well. Cannot sing enough praises for him. So for me, actually, can I ask you guys two questions? So if you're given a nine and you're given a nine three, where is this rank in your top MCU films at the moment then? For me personally, oh, I mean, give me a second. Give me a second. I know you guys, because I know you guys were, okay, go Frank. It's probably, it's for sure top eight. I think it breaks top five, but I don't know. Because I remember... MCU. When we saw Shang-Chi and you guys, I guess, is like top five, like this is one of the best Marvel projects. Is this better than Shang-Chi or? Um... I personally think it's better than Shang-Chi. Frankie might disagree. I'm struggling to, f- I know it's in my top five. I'm struggling to like figure out if it's in my top three or not. Um, wow. But it's definitely in my top five. I'm just struggling because it's in my mind, I don't know if it's necessarily like better than what black panther made me feel and i don't know if it's necessarily like better than infinity war because that movie is just like a fucking like yeah. mm-hmm. that movie is just infinity war you know um so I, I'm, I'm struggling but it's definitely in my top five okay i can't See, really compare this to shang chi they're so different they're very different but i do think i enjoyed it like i'm gonna rewatch this movie way more than i'm gonna rewatch shang chi i feel okay bad. I love that it's the characters in Shang-Chi, so I just give that, I don't know, more, I guess. That's why. So for me, I feel bad now because I'm not going to give it even close to what you guys have. I'm giving it a 7-8, and that's mainly because I do not like Doctor Strange. I like the plot of this film. I think Sam Raimi's great. I thought uh, the visuals in this movie were absolutely cool, except for the scene with the gargoyles. I thought that was one of the worst CGIs I've seen in recent movie history. It looked like computers. Gargoyles. Not gar or whatever they were, like the freaking things at the top of the the mountain. Um, oh yeah, and he's throwing <laughs> them down with the rope. I mean, that was just horrible CGI. I thought so. Yeah, I need to see this movie again, Dan. You've changed my opinion completely on Scarlet Witch. I uh, like I said, I think she's a psychopath, but now I can understand her a lot more. Which maybe when I see this movie again, I'll have a different light. But. And like yeah. you guys have been saying, this isn't, even though it's a Doctor Strange film, you're getting introduced to all these other characters, so it's not necessarily him. I think I need to take that out of my um, my next watch and just like, I don't care for you, Stephen Strange. I need to just focus more on what the plot is and what it's introducing. Oh, yeah, going fuck forward. the original Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, like if I'm being honest, like that was Wanda's movie, <laughs> like in my it's, mind. Like, right. I did, I really did like, um, all the other Doctor Strangers. I thought that was unique, and I'm here shitting on the multiverse, but I just like that he's yeah. kind of the same cocky, uh, know-it-all asshole in every universe, yeah. and he's dangerous, possibly. So, um, yeah, I'll have to rewatch it, so I kind of feel bad. Get- oh, okay, fuck it. I'm giving it 8-1. I'm just going to give it 8-1 to put it over the 8-hump, because I know I'm going to... but Because I can't. 
Give it a seven. Okay. Eight one. Just leave it at that. So, Dan, do you want to do a quick spoiler-free review or spoiler? Yes, because Chase Chase watching Moon Knight is has never been more crucial ever. Here's what I'll start with. I'm going to start with my rating to just emphasize how much I love Moon Knight. It's a 9.5 for me. Moon Knight, I think at this point, is my favorite Marvel show. And that's saying a lot because I fucking loved Loki. And I like, I really, I, I loved WandaVision too. But Moon Knight is just so. It's like the Dark Knight to the rest of the superhero movies to me. That is like, you could not have said that better. Honestly, you could not have said that better. Yeah, it's just, it's so much. It's a league above the rest. It's incredible. I, so I, I might get like, you know, whenever you do this, it's like, wow. But for me, it is a 10. I, it's not only my favorite Marvel show. Um, it is the, t- it's the third highest Marvel project for me. So for me, it's Infinity War, Black Panther, and Moon Knight are my top three. Um, I think Oscar Isaac and the only reason Infinity War and Black Panther are above it is more for the cultural impact and just like what it was. But mm-hmm. that aside, Oscar Isaac plays my favorite Marvel character of all time. Um, wow. He's my favorite Marvel character. And he's like, Oscar Isaac's always a good actor and he's always good at what he does. But I've never been like more in love with a human being than I was with Oscar Isaac in this show. Like, I would do things for that man. Like he is a phenomenal actor. He had me weeping in front of hundreds of people on my YouTube channel, like a little bitch. And Mm -hmm. the story, it's another reason why Dr. Strange two was so good. It doesn't feel like Marvel at all. It's such a unique like property where they almost never reference Marvel you almost never realize it's Marvel. It's so different. They almost never reference Marvel in it. There's like one moment where they say Dr. Strange's name. And I think there's one moment where they reference Thanos. Other than that, in the seven episode series, they never once talk about like Marvel, which is so refreshing in Marvel because usually in Marvel, they're like always talking about everything and like name dropping all of the superheroes the entire time. And this movie was just like, or the show was just like its own thing that stood on its own. And it was so unique. And it was one of those things where it, you could feel this was a passion project for people. Like the level of love that I could feel from this show based off of the style, the direction, the sets, the writing, the choice of music that was put in this show. Like the music is so specific and you can tell everybody that made this show loved this show. I thought Ethan Hawke was incredible in this show. He's like one of the best Marvel villains and so complex and so like incredible. And again, Chase, like really, you know, really pegs that question. Like what is good? What is evil? What is right? What is wrong? Like, is there ever a black and white hero or villain? Everyone in their own mind is the hero of their own story. Everyone in their own mind is doing what they think is best. And I think Ethan Hawke plays that type of character like perfectly where like he's 
obviously the antagonist the entire show, but you never like really feel like he's wrong in a sense or like bad. He believes what he's doing. He, he believes. believes. So there's something to be said about those characters that believe in what they're doing like so strongly. Um, is a 10. I am I'm getting chills just thinking of the theme right now. The main theme of the show. Oh, oh God. And it has the best acting performances, bar none, in all of Marvel. Just Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. And Layla. I don't know her name in real life. I'm so yeah. sorry, the actress. Um, she has like a really Egyptian, you know, name. They're that's the not most natural. human characters in a Marvel property, in my opinion. Um, it is such a beautiful and accurate depiction of dissociative identity disorder. Uh, it's th- the main plot devices. It's really about DID. Um, and it's such a unique depiction of that and of the gods and religion. Uh, again, not getting into too much spoilers, but that second half of the show and how it ties into Egyptian religion and how they depict all of that and the themes they convey. And there are moments... It's I think it's the most emotional Marvel show. Uh because there are scenes where it's just it's hard not to fucking cry. And I will say without giving anything away, I think it more so just hypes it up. I personally feel like out of everything we've seen in the MCU, like if you know things based off of comic knowledge, take that out of your head. Based off of what we've seen in the MCU, I personally think that he has the hardest character backstory and one of the most brutal upbringings that makes his character like make tony stark look like a bitch you know like none of these characters have gone what this character has gone through in my opinion and though you could be like well in the comics no in the mcu i think he has had the hardest character story bar away you know what else i loved i was talking about it in the doctor strange review i couldn't predict what was going to happen in this show i like i had my theories but I couldn't, I remember I had a conversation with Ash and she was like, oh, well, this is going to happen. I was like, we don't fucking know. This is so different. Like it could happen. And I made a prediction that came true. If you remember what I'm talking about in the post credit scene of the show, but there was no guarantee that was going to happen mm-hmm. at all. And when it happened, I was genuinely shocked still, even though I thought it could happen. It was one of those shows. It is so separated from everything else marvel so if you're sick and tired of having to like watch all marvel to get caught up and this is a by itself and oscar isaac only signed on for this show doing a contract for the single season so there's no guarantee we even get it i hope we get a sequel i hope we get a sequel he has been like really humbled by the reception so hopefully like he can be in place to do another season but yeah he only signed on for this one story because he just fell in love with the story and there's no real guarantee that moon knight even enters like the mcu in like there's no real guarantee that even happens i'm sure it will but you don't know but yeah he he did it because of the character and the story not because of the money and it, he's the only marvel actor that i've ever heard of that hasn't gone on like contract like marvel hero uh, to do multiple projects because he was like that was his big thing is he was doing this and if he wants to do more he'll do more but if not he's not doing more mm-hmm. uh, and he gave the performance of a lifetime I'm gonna say I think he'll be nominated for the, for this role yeah wow. 
So I can go and watch this right now. I don't need any backstory. Like I can just. Yep. No, no. Yeah, you can go watch this right now by yourself. And it means nothing about the MCU. Yep. Okay. I, like I said, I think they say Thanos' name once. And I I'm only think. Like I'm not even entirely sure they say his name. So is yeah, he? I think, I think they talk about the snap. I think they like reference the snap like one time in the whole show. So he's in the same universe as our normal MCU, though, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So the the film or the show takes place in London and Egypt, I think exclusively, and it's very separated. Uh, and they make a point: there is no other like he's his own hero, and he's got his own stuff going on, and. It's there's a lot of mystery that's brought on. There's a lot of things going on, but again, I just think it's such a beautiful depiction of what's going on. And the first half of the show is one thing, and then the second half of the show is entirely different. Well, because so, halfway through, you kind of get a hint of like what's actually going on, and then so it kind of changes the second half of the show because yes. it's, it's like you see it from a different viewpoint at that point. So was it like did was it automatically like straight out of the gates really good or did it take a couple episodes to I build? Mean, well, I loved the first episode right away. Like I will say, yeah. like right when the show started, I was like, ooh, ooh, this is Unfortunately, due to some technical issues, we lost a small chunk of our Moon Knight review and recording. We do plan on refilming that for you, but in an effort to keep our episode as timely as possible, we will publish the end of the episode and the review. Welcome, everybody, to the Popcorn Podcast Season 3, Verse 2. How are we saying this? Version 2. Um, my name is Chase. I'm here with my co-hosts, Dan and Frankie. And first off, Frankie and I, we have to wish someone a happy birthday today. So, Dan, happy birthday. Big 26 today. Feliz cumpleaños. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. What'd you end up doing today? Today, I, I had a pretty great birthday. My parents, my dad and my sister woke me up, which has like been a tra- family tradition. They wake you up singing. So they woke me up at like 5 a.m., which, I, it, like, interestingly enough, I was having such a rough sleep that I was kind of like waiting for them to get there because eventually I like rolled over and saw that it was like 4.40. And I was like, I'm just going to wait till they get, they're about to come in here. And so I just kind of like laid there because I knew they were about to walk in. And then they came, sang to me. And then I was just up after that point because I just couldn't go back to sleep. So I like made myself some breakfast, got really, really stoned, played some video games. And then around 10 a.m., 11 a.m., I went and finalized my car purchase finally, so I finally am having a car again. Hopefully, fingers crossed, I got it off Carvana and it should be here on Tuesday morning, but I'm still kind of like superstitious, so I'm still like, maybe it's not gonna happen. Even though I paid for everything and like signed all the contracts and everything went through, like I'm still like, is it gonna show up? So, you know, fingers crossed it actually shows up. Um, I went on a, I was gonna go on a hike with a friend, but then when they picked me up, we ended up just going to get food. So the opposite of the exercise. And then, okay. and then I went home. My dad cooked me this amazing dinner. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was on my Instagram story if you want to check it out. It was this like incredible mussel, shrimp, scallop, lobster meat dish. Like in this uh, tiki masala kind of like r- white wine sauce over a bed of white rice with like potatoes and 
just this delicious meal that I have, I've actually asked him to make me now for like three years in a row. It's like the same <laughs> meal every time. Uh, and then we watched The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, because I get to pick whatever movie I want today. And my parent, my dad and my sister had to sit through it. And so we nice. watched that entire movie. And then uh, <laughs> here I am. Nice. Dude, that's like that's a good birthday. You got a lot of stuff done in one day. And you've all, you've been up for, what, 15 hours? You've done yeah, all, I've been up all day. you watched a three-hour film. I took advantage of the day. I was playing video games for like an hour and a half. Then I eventually turned it off because I was like, you know what? I don't want to play video games today. I'm like, it's my birthday. I need to do something a little bit more exciting than just playing Lego Star Wars. <laughs> That's cool. Wait, I got so two things. What happened to your old car and what's the new car you're getting? I, I didn't hear you what you said. Oh, man, I guess I never told you the story. Uh, no. So I haven't told you either, Frankie. No. Yes, I have. You sure? Yeah. So I was in a car accident in December where this person rear-ended me and like crashed right oh. into me. Yeah. And so my car was totaled. Um, without getting into too much detail, my dad took out like a finance loan a couple years ago. So basically all the money that I got back for my car from the insurance company went directly to pay back his wow. finance loan. So I didn't get any money back for my car basically, uh, which he does feel responsible for and told me that when I found a car, he would pay the first 20 months of car payments in like restitution that's, nice. that's very but the nice. whole hiccup was finding a car i'm like oh well that sounds great but i don't have a car so until i get a car you ain't doing shit um and so it's been a while but then finally i got a great tax return i got medical reimbursement from the insurance company as well as lost wages because i was out of work for two weeks because i was like hurt um and <laughs> so i got some money back for that and then so last night i was just sitting with my dad i'm like when should we go look for a car because my Civitan job's coming up, which is Monday through Friday, 15-hour days. And so that was really like, I was stressing to my dad, by the end of May, I need a car because I need, or I don't have a job. I have to be able to go there Monday through Friday, 15 hours a day. Like, and I can't be, you know, taking my sister's car because it doesn't, it's not that kind of car. It's not going to make it, you know, 40 miles every day there and back. And so he was very like understanding, like, yeah, we need to get you a car. I'm very aware. So last night I sat him down. I was like, when are we going to go look at this situation? He's like, dude, just go online right now. Like, just go online and see what you can find. So I just sat for like two hours, like looking at different websites and cars and all these things. Eventually landed on Carvana, found my, ex you guys are going to trip, my exact car, same year, same model, same make, slightly different color, uh, with 40,000 miles on it. Mine, wow. when I got hit, was about to hit 100. So I'm gaining 70,000 miles back, uh, basically on my same car. Um, and so when I, show, when I showed him, the way Carvana works, I didn't even realize that like you don't even have to put money down. So I, I've been saving all this money, not necessarily aware that I could have just done this months ago. Um, but luckily, because I had money to put down, now my car payment's very reasonable. Oh, yeah. um, and my interest rate's not the best. It's at, I believe, 14%. But in a year, refinance it. You know, just got to make my payments on time. Right. Type just of pay thing. it down quick. Yeah, pay yeah. it back quick. And the thing with my car payment, too, is my dad's paying it. And so in my mind, I'm like, if I really wanted, I could also add to that every month my own money and just 
you know, cut down those months of like how right. long it's going to eventually take me. So long story short, I got it all figured out last night. This morning, woke up, got it all finalized, signed like a 15 page contract. It was very legit. You know, the way it's all structured on Carvana made me feel good because it was very like a legit type of feeling. And my dad was reading through everything and he was like, yeah, this is this is how it looks like. This is what yeah, a car this is what a car payment looks like. This is what a car agreement looks like. And because of COVID, they apparently drop it off uh, mm -hmm. contactless, which I'm like, how do you even get the key? Like, how do you get, oh, yeah. is there not like a welcome package? So I'm very curious to see how this all happens on Tuesday. I'm going to make sure there's contact. Like I'm, I'm I know it says it can be contactless, but I'm going to be standing up in my driveway waiting uh, for that to get there. Um, Imagine you wake up, there's just a brand new car in your driveway. You <laughs> With a big ass new. ribbon on it, like it's Christmas. I'm like, how does Carvana work? Like it's, it's interesting. I don't know. Um, so, but you know. so Rachel, actually, she just sold her car like three months ago to Carvana. It's super freaking cool. You just basically tell them like the issues with your car, you know, all the crap miles. And they just came like the next day, they, they towed her car away. And like a day later, she has whatever they, they gave her for it in her bank account. It was like super simple and super easy. Like it's yeah it was very simple which i enjoyed because it just made me feel good about the process like yeah you know how sometimes if it's more complicated you're like okay fuck it i don't want to buy this you know what i mean like you can right. talk yourself out of it it was so simple that i was just like each page i was just like so much more down to buy it and <laughs> um what's interesting is after you pick your car you go through everything you get approved you get your rates all that kind of stuff they still have to fully make sure it is available and so mm -hmm. during that time they say while we're making sure it's available make sure that you contact your car insurance and you add and you need to prove to us that you've added this car to your insurance or other option you can sign up for car insurance through carvana and so i like went through that process just to just see what it was like and i'm say I, I i did it that way now my insurance is through carvana it's not carvana insurance it's like an insurer company partner yeah, with carvana yeah. um but i'm saving like 70 dollars a month now because i was paying 250 dollars for car insurance now i'm going to be paying like 140 uh which is really and my dad's very happy about that too because his rates are going to go down now because i had a lot of accidents that was making his oh. insurance not so good um you would so, pay yeah, 250 for car insurance? Yeah. That's Dude, that's three times as much as I pay a month. Holy shit. I, yeah, I was paying a lot of car insurance and mine's like 100 a month. I was paying 120 and then I switched over to State Farm. I pay like 70 bucks now. It's wild how cheap it is. You gotta yeah, I have a beater fucking car. I have an ugly ass beater car. My car insurance doesn't care if it doesn't get the That's true. So yeah, mine's car. newer, so I, yeah. But when I purchased awesome. the car, I was under the impression that it was 60,000 miles. And then today when I was finalizing everything, I realized it was 40. So I called my dad. I was like, oh my God, dad, like I'm basically getting a fairly new version of this car. Only 40,000 miles. Like that's, that's like what a year, two years that Four someone years, has driven yeah. it. Yeah. It depends on how far you're driving. Yeah. Yeah. What did oh, you say? Give me the Carfax. You're the Carfax. Yeah. And well, they give it to you. They show you everything about the car. They show you all the different things. And the great thing is, is for an extra $25 a month on my car payment, I have now three years warranty with Carvana. So like, uh, I have all these different things. If there's accidents or breakings or electrical issues, I get five free oil changes. I get six free tire rotations. So like, That's I'm nice. hoping that it's all just exactly what it says it is. Yeah. Yeah. It should be. That's how that's how my Toyota lease is as well. So you'll be good. 
I don't know about you, but I fucking love looking for cars online and like shopping through them. And like that process, I think is so fun looking through all these different cars and like seeing, I don't know. I just like looking at cars. I can't that, I, that process, I love going on any website, like looking at a car I want, designing and building it. Yeah, and same. Okay, I want this car. But then you go to the dealership and you have to talk to a car salesman and you're like, fuck, I hate this. I don't want to do this ever again. And like, that's why like, I never want to buy a car because I have to deal with the car person. So if I could just use Carvana every time and not have to deal with the salesman, that would be so nice. I that was the biggest problem for me because I hate salesmen. Well, it's ca car salesmen are so pushy too. And yeah. especially when you get to the financials and you don't want to like get all the crap that they're trying to put on you and they get all pissed. You're like, are you serious? You don't want this? Like they make you feel like an idiot. It's like, screw you, man. So it happens yeah. every time I get a car. And the other issue with car dealerships is, I don't know if all of them do it anymore. I feel like the business is changing, but the fact that they run your credit through like a million different lenders and just mm -hmm. tank your credit score. <laughs> yeah, they do. It drops like 40 points every time. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it really, it, yeah. As a salesman, it just in the sales industry as a general, car sales make it harder for everybody else mm -hmm. because of how bad it is. Oh yeah. Well, that was fun. Dan, again, happy birthday. Nothing's, nothing's going on for me really. I, well, actually we just got a wedding venue, so we're booked now. Did you? Uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Could. Yeah, so we'll see you guys will get some save the date soon and then, uh, Sending the actual invites.